Tonight on Clem, I want to continue my teaching dealing with 911. What is your emergency? Lost souls. We have been doing this teaching for several weeks and even before um, the pandemic um, came out, COVID-19, I was teaching on 911. What is your what is your emergency? Lost souls. We're living in a time where evil is all around us in this world. We know it's being born again. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. So we do not do what the world does. Our job is to go out based on the Great Commission to um, bring forth the good news concerning Jesus Christ, concerning what he, have, he has done on our behalf. It was no good that we done. It was the good that he done. So we're living off of his righteousness. We're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. So our dependency is on Jesus Christ. Our dependency is not on us. So this is why I'm going over this teaching because Everyone is looking at COVID-19 as if that's the emergency. Yes, in the natural, yes, it may be an emergency because they don't know what to do or how to do it. Man is doing all they can do based on man, you know, to stop this COVID-19. But Jesus, he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And also his name is above every name. So his name is above COVID-19. So when we accept what Jesus has done on our behalf, which is talking about his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus died. Why did he die? He died for the remissions of our sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So when he died, he was buried, and he rose on the third day. If he did not rise on the third day, we would not be justified. We will not be made righteous with God. Our righteousness is based on him. It's not based on us. So we need to go out and we need to proclaim this good news um, concerning Jesus Christ. But how can you proclaim something that you don't know nothing about? And how can you proclaim something when you have not heard about the good news concerning Jesus Christ, concerning the kingdom of God. So I have been talking about starting over in the book of Genesis and moving forward, letting people know about sin that's in the world. And sometimes we get so used to what's going on around us that we think that is normal and we think that's the way things supposed to be. Whatever you get used to, you become familiar with, and then you become those things. God wants us to have this abundant life. And the only way we can have it is through Jesus Christ. With this abundant life is eternal life. It's a life that never ends. Even if people die, and we pray that we don't want them to die before their time, if they die, at least they will have eternal life and they will live forever. So this is why we want to win souls for Jesus Christ. The Bible says those who win souls are wise. So the emergency is lost souls. We do not want people to die in their sins. And God says that he wants all men to be saved and come 
unto the knowledge of the truth. And the knowledge of the truth is concerning Jesus Christ. So let's begin this teaching. But before we begin this teaching, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. We praise you. We adore you. We magnify your name. Because your name is high and it's lifted up, God. So we exalt you, God, above every name. We exalt you above COVID-19. We exalt you above every name that have not even popped his or his head up yet. We just thank you and we just praise you, God, for everything that you have done for us through your son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Father, that as I go into this teaching, 911, what is the emergency law of souls? Someone would say, will say, what must I do to be saved? So, Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me, in Jesus' name. Let me go back over just a little review of what I went over last Tuesday. We talked about why did God give the Ten Commandments. God gave the Ten Commandments, I'm going to go over this briefly, for their good. What, did, what do I mean when I say for their good? We know the Ten Commandments, they're dealing with laws. He didn't only give those Ten Commandments, he gave, um, you know, other standards for them to live by. The reason he gave it, it was for their good. And I'm going to give you an example, like a stop sign. If we did not have stop signs, we would have accidents because we would just run intersections. Well, let me say, some of us are doing that right Right now, we shouldn't be doing it, but some of us do do it. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. So if we don't have stop signs, then there will be accidents. If we don't have laws pertaining to murder, if we don't have laws pertaining to things, um, then we will be living any kind of way. So God gave those laws for our good so we would know how to live. Now, I know some of y'all are saying, yeah, we got laws, but... Even law enforcement don't abide by those laws. That's true. Even if you get laws, new laws, and things put in place, guess what? People are going to still break those laws. How do I know that they're going to break those laws? It's going to be some people that are not going to abide by the law. We see that today. It's so much evil in this world that people go outside of what the law says and they do what they feel like they need to do. Why do they do this? Because um, Satan, he's the God of this world. Satan is about death. He's about killing. He's about killing, stealing, and destroying. This is what he's about. So he's going to use a human being. He has to have, he has to have a body in order to do what he needs to do to allow evil to be present in this world. So he needs somebody to disobey these laws. So even if you get the laws, guess what? Somebody's going to break the laws because there is evil in the world. We have laws right now that people are breaking, but God said those laws are for our good. Can you imagine a world without laws, without discipline? Look at our children, okay? We give them things that we tell them not to do. The very thing we tell them not to do, what do they do? They, they do them. I can say that, you know, when we tell our children, now this is the time you need to be in this house. What happens with our children? They either come in 15 minutes late, or you may have one that come in 15 minutes early because they honor their father, they honor their mother. They're willing to do 
what they were told to do. But you got to have one that's rebellious, that's going to say, I'm grown. I'll come in when I want to come in. Because, see, the enemy is using them. Why does the enemy want to use them to disobey those parents? Because he's about evil. He's about rebellion. So we need laws for our good because laws can protect you. So this is why God said the laws would be for their good. That's in Deuteronomy 10, 13, which says to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. So we have a scripture to back up that the laws were for their good. The next thing is to teach people God is holy. God is a holy God. God does not um, like sin. God hates sin. God is so holy that he don't even want sin around him because he's just that holy. So by them having those laws, God is letting them know his character, how holy he is. That's Leviticus 19.2. He says, speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, ye shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. If they were God's people, they had to be holy. They had to live a holy life because the God that they was representing was holy. So by God setting down those laws, his way of doing things, people outside of Israel is seeing the holiness of God. They're seeing God's people separated. They're seeing God's people not doing what they were doing. And that's how it is for us. When we honor God, that means we reverence him, we fear him, and we're separated. People are seeing us differently. And another thing was setting them apart from other nations. By them having those laws, they were set apart from other nations. The nations were, were saying they are different. They're not like us because of the God that they serve. That was in Deuteronomy 28, verses 9 to, through verse 10. It said, the Lord will make you the holy people as he promised, but you must obey his commands and do what he wants you to do. Then everyone on earth will see that you are the Lord's people and they will be afraid of you. So by them obeying God's laws, the nations would see that the, those people, the Israelites, belong to God. It's the same um, that way with us. When we're not doing what the world is doing, I'm talking about born again people then the world is saying, they're not one of us. They're different. So God wants us to set ourselves aside. That's what holiness is. It's sanctification. It's being set apart from the world. And they're seeing you as being set apart. The next thing is it reveals the need of a Savior. By God giving them those laws, being that they kept breaking those laws, they, need, they knew that they were in the need of a Savior. This is in Romans 3.20. It says, For no person will be justified, made righteous, acquitted, and judged acceptable in his sight by observing the works prescribed by the law. For the law is to make men recognize and be conscious of sin. That's what the law was, to make people recognize and be conscious of sin. So what I want to do tonight, I, I you know, told you about the Ten Commandments, and I gave you four things that, um, four reasons why God gave those commands to the people. But tonight, God impressed upon my heart to talk about obedience. So I'm going to back up some. I'm going to back up and I'm going to go back from where we started in the book of Genesis. And when God was talking about obedience, we're talking about Adam and Eve. 
And Genesis 2.17, all of us are so familiar with this verse of scripture. It says, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. So God was talking to Adam. He was letting him know, you can eat of every tree in this garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, God created everything good. There was no evil around God. God only wanted man to know good because God is a good God. How many of y'all out there really know that God is a good God? We have to understand that God is so good to us. Even when we were in sin, God showed us his goodness. He showed us his mercy. He showed us his loving kindness. So when we look at this, God was letting them know, do not eat from this tree. Now, what happens? See, this is the enemy coming in. Anything that God tells you not to do, the enemy is going to come in and try to twist the truth to get you to go outside of what God wants you to do. This was a command. This was only one command that God gave man. Do not eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. Guess what? The enemy was waiting for something um, something to occur. Well, he was waiting on that command because he was looking for something um, against God that he can use against God to get man to be disobedient to God. So what did he use? He used the very thing that God told them not to do. This is how sneaky, this is how cunning, this is how crafty the, the enemy is. He wants you to go outside of God's commands. What did he do? He went to the woman and he said, did God say you shall not eat of that tree of knowledge and good and evil. Guess what he did? He used the very word that God told her not to do, and he turned it around. He was bringing doubt unto her. He was bringing uncertainty unto her. And that's what he does with us. When God tells us, don't do this, the enemy, he'll come in and say, well, why shouldn't you do that? You know, you've grown. You, you should be able to do that. Nothing is going to happen when you do it. How about when you know that you're married? And you know that the word says, do not commit adultery. You know that's what the word of God says. This is God speaking to you. You know this. But then all of a sudden, there is a woman or there is a man that's pulling you away from your husband, away from your wife. And you hear that scripture with the help of the Holy Spirit saying, do not commit adultery. But the enemy is saying, go ahead this time. Look how he's noticing you, or look how she's noticing you, or look how he gives you more attention than your husband gives you attention, or look how she gives you more attention than your husband gives you attention. So what he's going to do, he's going to twist it. He's going to make God's command look as if, you know, it's okay for you to do it this one time. Nobody won't know it. Just go ahead and do it. They're going to make you feel needed and wanted. So all of a sudden, you do what the enemy is telling you to do outside of what God told you not to do. God gave you a command. This is what Adam and Eve did. And the moment that they did this, the moment that they ate from the fruit of that tree, that's when sin entered the world. Sin entered the world through disobedience. Understand what I'm saying tonight. When you are disobedient to God, you are in sin. And they were in sin because they were disobedient to God. God commands us to, he, when he give us a command, when he give us his word, 
His word brings life. The enemy does not want you to have life. He wants you to have death. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, I'm feeling in my spirit. I'm going to have to talk about this um, some more, dealing with adultery. Remember when they ate of that fruit and, you know, they realized that they were naked before. It didn't matter if they was naked. naked. They became shameful. They became fearful. Everything began to come in at them. Now, the reason why I'm bringing back up this adultery, evidently there's something going on with somebody that's watching tonight, and you're thinking that you're okay, you're thinking that you're not going to get caught, you're thinking, well, you know, I haven't done it in a while, but no, God is letting you know, you need to repent, you need to let go of this, you need to love your wife, or whether it's your husband, the way the word would have you to love them, and and. He's bringing this to let you know what adultery can bring. You can bring sickness in your bedroom. You can bring death into your bedroom. Sin represents death. And people don't realize that. It's so many diseases out here. So many things that's going on that we can have um, be lusting for just that moment. But after that lust and after that feeling is over, you don't know what you're going to get up with. You don't even know if you're going to get up. So see, this is what the enemy wants. He wants death. And when we commit adultery and we commit other sins that God tells us not to commit because Jesus paid for those sins, we're bringing death up upon ourselves. What am I, how am I saying we're bringing death? I'm not talking about literally dropping dead. But when you do things outside of the word of God, that's bringing death to yourself. It can bring disease. It can bring great bring a sickness. It can also bring separation, dealing with the family, dealing with the children. It can bring shame. It can bring, bring fear. Now, let me ask you this. If you are out there and you're committing adultery, whether it's with um, your husband, with another man or with another woman, and you know that you're married, this is what you need to do. You need to repent. You need to turn from that. Because by repenting, you're recognizing, God, I'm sorry, I should not have done what I have done. But let me tell you what's going to end up happening. Your sin will find you out. Do not think that you're going to get away with doing what you do, because guess what it's bringing? It's bringing fear. It's bringing shame. How do I know this? Go back to Adam and Eve. What was happening to them? They, they felt the shame. They felt the guilt. They felt all these things. They were running from God. They were hiding from God instead of running to God. God wants you to run to him tonight. He wants you to run to him and let him know, God, I am godly sorry for what I have done. I recognize that is wrong. Close that door and ask the Lord, how do I go to my husband? How do I go to my wife? How do I close this door to sin? Because I, I can imagine you sitting with your husband, you're sitting with your wife, and then you can't even look at them the way you looked at them before. You're afraid that when the phone rang, oh, that's that woman going to call, or that's that man that's going to call. Or you're afraid to leave your phone in a certain place because you're saying my husband might see it or my wife might see it. So all of these things is bringing you fear. You're feeling that condemnation. You're so afraid now because you know that you were wrong. And guess what? The enemy doesn't care. He doesn't care because he told you what to do. You obeyed him. That means you bow down to him and not God. 
God is the only one that we should be worshiping. He's the only one that we should obey. So God wants us to be obedient children unto him. And the way that we become so obedient to God is because we know how much God loves us. So we honor him through our obedience. And that's what those commands are. The commands was through, you know, for us to be obedient to our Heavenly Father. He set those commands to see if they were going to obey him. Then we look at Cain and Abel. Now look at Cain and Abel. They're coming from Adam and Eve. They had two sons, Cain and Abel, and we know both of them gave God an offering. But the Bible says that Cain's offering was not accepted. And the reason why Cain's offering was not accepted because it's, because it's not what God wanted him to offer. What am I saying? God wanted a blood sacrifice. Why? Because by the shedding of blood, you know, it takes care of sin. So Cain didn't give him the shedding of blood. And I know he was taught about this, but Abel did. And this is what God began to tell Cain because Cain was hurt because his offering was rejected. And God began to speak to Cain and he said this, if you do things well, appropriately, correctly, I will accept you. But if you don't do, but if you do not do them well, correctly, appropriately, sin is ready to attack you. Crouching at the door, sin wants to desire to control you, but you must rule over it. See what God was telling Cain? He saw how angry he was. He saw how his countenance changed, changed when he was not accepted. But God let him know, when you do well, you will be accepted. What is God saying? He was telling Cain, in your obedience, you will be accepted. You know, your offering would have been acceptable if you were obedient to what you knew to do, according to what God commanded to do. But Cain didn't do that. So God was letting him know. He said, sin lies at the door and wait for you. But he said, you can master sin. God was giving Cain another opportunity because he knew what Cain was going to do to Abel. So this was disobedience. And see what disobedience does? When you're not obedient, then you allow other things to come into your life and you end up doing things that you should not be doing. He killed his brother. So God was letting him know it was through his disobedience sin came. Then the next ones I want to look at is Seth and his generation. So we see that Cain had an ungodly generation, you know, through disobedience again because there was sin in the world. But through Seth's generation, we knew that they began to call on the name of God again. They began to call on God so they were righteous. But the Bible said through Enoch, and I want to read Genesis 5.22, 5.22 through 24. I'm reading out the expanded version. It says, Enoch walked with God 300 years more and had other sons and daughters. So Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked with God. He had a close relationship with God. One day Enoch could not be found because God took him. He did not die. So Enoch was raptured up. But guess what the Bible said? He had a close relationship with God. Enoch was righteous. Enoch was willing to do what God was telling him to do, even in a world that was full of sin. But let me tell you a little bit more about Enoch. In Hebrews 11, verse 5, it says, It was by faith that Enoch was taken to heaven, 
so he would not die, experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Before he was taken, the scripture says that he was a man who truly pleased God. How did he not please God? He trusted God. He believed in God. He didn't go outside of what God wanted him to do. So he was raptured up. He didn't die physically. He was just raptured up. So let me give you another scripture concerning Enoch. Because even with Enoch being raptured up, you can follow up in Jude um, chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. It talks about how Enoch was preaching righteousness. He was preaching righteousness. And see, this is why he pleased God. He was doing right in the midst of a sinful world. So what I want you to see tonight is God still had people, even when evil was in the world, being obedient unto him, letting people know that they were separated, letting people know that they love God. Because when you're obedient to God, you're going to do what God, when you love God, you're going to be obedient to God because you trust God. So that was Enoch. Then God began to show me again. The next one was Noah. Now see how God had each person, each um, male figure, they was obedient unto God. They lived a righteous life. So here come Noah. Noah was through the generation of Seth. It says in Genesis 6, 8, but Noah, please, found grace, favor in the eyes of the Lord. How did Noah do this? Noah did it by being obedient to God. God told Noah to build an ark. What did Noah do? He built the ark. Because in Genesis 6, it said, Noah did everything that God commanded him. Look at there. Everything that God commanded Noah, guess what? Noah did so when we're obedient to God, guess what? Our blessings overtake us because Noah was living in a sinful world as well. And we know that Noah preached righteousness even unto those people, but those people refused to listen to Noah. So you, we know that God ended up destroying the world because of the evilness, because of the wickedness, and how their mind was, um, their, their thoughts, and uh, sin was in their mind continually. So God ended up destroying the world. He ended up saving Noah, his two sons, and their wives, and Noah's wives, and the animals that Noah told. God told Noah to put on that ark. So look at Noah. Noah was obedient to God. He was obedient to God because he loved God. He trusted God. He was in the same world with evil, but he chose to obey God. And that's what God is looking for. He's looking for obedience. He wants people to trust him enough to say, yes, Lord, yes to your will, yes to your way. Yes, Lord, when your spirit speaks to me, I will trust you, Lord, and I will obey. And that's what he wants for us. When we truly trust God, when we truly believe in him, we're going to do what he asks us to do. Know that your Heavenly Father is not going to tell you to do something wrong or outside of what his word says, because God is a good God. Then we go from Noah to Abraham. Now look at Abraham and his obedience. Abraham was with his father. We know that his father died, and he took his wife, and he took Lot with him. But God was telling Abraham in Genesis 12, and I want you to understand tonight, I'm going through this 
because I want you to understand again that there were some righteous people in an evil world that was telling people what was right so they would not have to die in their sins. And this is what we supposed to be doing. Are you going to be hated because of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ that you're bringing forth to a dying world? Yes, you're going to be hated. People are going to look at you differently. Why are they going to look at you differently? Because you're serving God. You're obeying him. And see, the world don't look at things the way, you, the way you're going to look at things because they're carnally minded. They're fleshly minded. You're spiritually minded. And I want to say we do have some carnally minded Christians too because they're not in the word the way that they need to be in the word. And when you're not in the word the way you need to be, even though you say when somebody's bringing you the word, you get offended or you think I'm okay. You thinking that I can go party hardy and I can still serve God. When you love God, you don't, you know, you in the world, but you're not of the world anymore. Let me tell you one thing that I do not like. Sin is sin. And we need to quit trying to justify why we do what we do. Whatever the word says, that's what we're supposed to do. We don't supposed to justify why I slept with this man or why I slept with this woman or why I got drunk last night. Come on, you just got drunk. You just slept with them. God forgave you for that even before you did it. So what we need to do is say, God, I am so sorry what I did was wrong. And then we turn from it and we don't go back to it. But if you're saying that you're serving Jesus, you cannot have two masters. Either you're going to love him and hate the world, or you're going to love the world and hate him. You cannot serve two masters. And that's what some people are doing. They're saying, Lord, with one mouth, but then they're serving sin with the next. God don't want you to be like a windshield wiper going back and forth. I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When you stay in the presence of the Lord, when you're in his word and you're allowing the word to get in you, yes, sometimes you will um, fall. Come on, sometimes I fail. But guess what? When I fail, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I recognize that error in my life or what has come into my life. And I turn away from that because I'm like, God, I want to serve you with my whole heart. Search me and see if there's any wickedness in me. Reveal that unto me. See, your heart got to be all for God. Some people say, oh, you think you're more, more holy than thou. Guess what? The holiness that I have come through Jesus Christ. And when I know about God and how holy he is and how he hates sin, when I love God so much, guess what? I don't want to be um, around sin. I don't want to be doing things that would not be pleasing to God. Why? Because he's in me. Do y'all not recognize when we say we love the Lord, but yet we're fornicating, yet we're doing things outside of his word. Love does not do that, y'all. See, the enemy wants us to think it's okay, but it's not okay because the word tells us it is not okay. Lying is not okay. It's not okay. So even when you tell a little fib, I don't know about you, I'll give you a hint. If somebody calls you and say, can I get $20 from you? And you look them dead in their face and say, oh, I'm sorry. I don't have 20. I'm so sorry. If I had it, I'll give it to you. 
Liar, liar, your pants on fire. You know you have more than $20. You have $100, but you just lie. God gave you some mercy, didn't he? But the Holy Spirit, he's going to bring conviction. He's going to begin to convict you of righteousness. When you hear it from the Holy Spirit, there's no way you can sleep at night without calling that person and say, you know what, forgive me. I, you asked for 20, so and don't even justify, because this is what I'm hearing. Forgive me. You asked for 20. I had 100, so that's why I didn't give you 20. Come on, you could have broke that $100 bill. Just say, yes, I did have the $20, but wisdom was telling me not to give it to you at this time. See, we always try to justify something. You've already been justified. If you're wrong, say you're wrong. And that's what I'm learning through going through the word of God. The more I try to justify myself, I'm doing it because I'm feeling condemned. There's some type of sin in my life that's making me feel the way I'm feeling. And I have to ask the Holy Spirit to help me with that. God has done all that he's going to do through his son, Jesus Christ. So he wants us to trust him and he wants us to obey what he's telling us to obey. So look at Abraham. God told him to leave what he was familiar with. See, Abraham trusted God so much. He honored God so much that he left his family. He left all of them and he followed God because God gave Abraham a promise. God told him he will bless him. He will make his name great. Those that curse him would be cursed. Those that bless him would be blessed. Because Abraham would be the father of many nations. He obeyed God. He did what God said. Why? Because he trusted God. See, when we obey God, it's because we trust God. Because we love him. Because we know he first loved us. And even through Abraham loving God and he was being obedient to God, God finally gave him a test to see exactly where Abraham was. Remember, Abraham, he wanted a child, but his wife was barren. They end up having a child after 25 years. And even during that time, did Abraham mess up? Yes, he lied. And then he ended up sleeping with Hagar. But guess what? God didn't take back the promise. And I believe that God still blessed Abraham because Abraham, he still began to seek God. He still was obedient unto God. And let me give you an example. He did sleep with Hagar because his wife told him to. What wife does that? Okay. So he slept with her because his wife told him to. Then his wife turned around after she had Ishmael and told Abraham to get rid of Ishmael. So guess what? Abraham was upset about that. But you know what God said? He said, Abraham, do as your wife said. Why? Because Isaac was the promised seed and light and darkness cannot mix. So Abraham was still obedient to God when it came to his child. Come on. He loves God. He was showing God, I love you even more than I love my children. Have we got there yet? Have we got there yet to say, God, I love you so much. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my children's life. I trust you with my husband. I trust you with my wife's life. I'm putting you first and foremost, even before them. That's what Abraham did. And then guess what? God asked Abraham to give up Isaac. 
Do you know what Abraham did? He honored God. He was taking Isaac where God was telling him to take him and, and giving him up to God as a sacrifice. Why? Because he trusted God. He loved God. And that's how he was obedient to God. When you trust someone, you will be obedient to them. Just like a husband and a wife. When you come together, and you've been together so long, that man can look at you and lie to you to your face, and you still trust him. Because you put all your trust in man and not God. The same thing with a woman. Husband and wives will lie just to get out of something. But, you know, I'm back to this thing with adultery. Right back here again. It's popping up again. When you have the opportunity to tell the truth, you need to tell the truth when God is telling you or the Holy Spirit is prompting you to tell the truth. Because the longer you leave that lie there, the bigger it's going to get. And you keep adding and adding and adding to that lie. In a marriage, you want to be open and you want to be honest. So if your mate asks you something and you know that you got caught up in some type of sin, if you love your mate, you need to tell them the truth. Because can I tell you something? If that mate is serving God and they're honoring God, God is not going to allow that man nor that woman to come into, how can I say it? I'll put it together. I'll say it this way. God is not going to allow that woman to be caught up in those lies. He's going to reveal it to that woman. He's going to reveal it to that man. That's just how much he loves us because he knows through having sexual relations with another man or another woman, it brings sin into that house. We have to be obedient to the word of God and to the will of God. His will is his word. And the only way we can do it it's by going into the word, letting the word get into us. And when the word get into us, it's going to come out of us. And it's going to bring life to us and people around us. Let's quit trying to fake it to make it. All of us, including me, I can't live this righteous life based on what I do. I have to live my life based on what Jesus done because he knows that we couldn't keep his commands. He knew that we couldn't be obedient to him the way we need to be obedient. So that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to fulfill the law, not to do away with it, because we need those laws. But he gave Jesus, Jesus fulfilled it. Why? Because the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So I'm here to tell you, even the ones that saying, what about you? You mess up. You you putting everybody else down. No, I'm not putting everybody else down because everybody has skeletons in the closet. And I'm telling you today, I would be telling you something that I'm not doing myself every day. My righteousness, I, remind, I try to remind myself, my righteousness is not in me. It's in Jesus Christ. But one thing I can tell you, if the Holy Spirit, if he prompts me or if he give me an unction to apologize to someone, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to wait 20 years. I'm not even going to try to wait a week. I'm, when he prompts me to do it, I'm going to do it then. Why? Because if I don't, more sin is getting added to it. We need to be obedient to God. We need to do what the word of God is telling us to do. There is an emergency out here. 
And that emergency is lost souls. So let's be taught how to be disciples and how to make disciples so we can go out there and save those that are lost through the word of God. He, Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the one that made the way for all of us. We can't do it on our own. We have to depend on what he has already done. So I pray that this teaching on tonight has opened your heart, has opened your eyes to say, Lord, show me where I am disobedient in my life so I can be able to help others so this disobedience will not block me from doing what you would have for me to do. We need to be pleasing God and not man. We need to be putting God first and not man. Just like these patriots done. They put God first, ahead of family, ahead of everything, and they prospered. So thank you for tuning in to Clem tonight. And I pray that if it's the Lord's will, we will see you next Tuesday. And I thank you again for watching. And know tonight that we here at Miracle Temple love you with the love of God. God bless.